2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. We notice in the verse number three, it says, for the time will come. And certainly as God inspired the Apostle Paul to write this to Timothy, a young preacher, he knew that it was already afoot. And, and we know today that it's already here. And I've titled the message this morning, The Time Has Come. The time has come. For the time will come, and I believe as we're looking around us, uh, us today and, and listening to things we're hearing, the time has come. As we said, verse 3 says, for the time will come. Uh, this was written, as I said, by the Apostle Paul in the first century. And today in the 21st century, I believe I can say as the sermon title reflects, the time has come. Time has come. Uh, the time that this chapter of the Bible mentions also includes for us in it the characteristics of the time, but as well as the remedy for the time. And this time has come, and we want to see this morning some things about this time that I hope will be a help to us. As we go through it, may God touch our hearts and burden us, but not only burden us, but also move us to action, because we're here for a reason. We're in this generation and we're part of this generation for a purpose. And we want to use that time wisely for God. So first, let's look at the time. The time. Verses 3 and 4 tell us about the time. Let's read it again. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And there's a lot here, so I want to look at a few things considering the time this morning. The time. The time here would mean a set time, an occasion, a season, if you will. And what is the time that the Apostle Paul says will come? What is the time that we would say we observe today that it's here? What is this time? First of all, we notice as a characteristic of the time, it says people will not endure sound doctrine. People will not endure sound doctrine in this time. The word sound means uncorrupt. Without taint, pure otherwise. Doctrine, of course, is just simply teaching or instruction. And so we're talking about uncorrupt, pure teaching and truth. And when we talk about doctrine in the Bible, we're talking about a God's teaching, what he has taught us through his word. And it tells us here that people will not endure this kind of doctrine, this kind of sound teaching. In the first century... There were those who didn't want to hear what Jesus had to say, nor did they want to hear what the scripture said. We know when Jesus was on earth, uh, he came unto his own and his own received them not. We know when Jesus came to earth, he'd preach and many people would come, sometimes maybe because he would feed them or sometimes because there was a big stir going about Jesus. Uh, there were some certainly that came and, and were saved and heard what he said and were taking it in. But a lot of people didn't want to hear it. In fact, in John chapter 6, after Jesus said some difficult things, truth nonetheless, but difficult things, many of those of the multitude turned and went away. 
So we see in the first century, there were those who didn't want to hear this sound doctrine. Today in our time, there are those who don't want to hear what Jesus says or what the scripture says. They do not desire sound, true biblical teaching and preaching, and in fact, will not even endure it. We'll block their ears to it. We'll fight over it. What could be some reasons for someone not wanting to endure sound doctrine? Can I give you some reasons? And maybe this will touch us. Maybe this is us sometimes. Or maybe we just kind of observe this around us. And I don't want to picture, uh, I don't want to uh, uh, kind of paint a, uh, a very negative and uh, hopeless situation. It's not hopeless, so don't think that. There's hope with the Lord. But I just want us to see the time first before we get to what God has for us to do in this time. So you say, what could be the reasons for someone not wanting to endure sound doctrine? Well, it might expose their wrong belief. I know many times talking to someone or knocking on a door or, or, or being able to talk to someone uh, just somewhere else uh, and talking with them and wanting to present to them what the Bible says, they'll stop me and say, I don't want to hear that. They don't want to, to hear, I have my religion. I have what I believe, and they don't want to hear it. They're not interested in it. Why? Because perhaps it may expose a wrong belief. Or enduring sound doctrine might alter your lifestyle. Right? And we're happy with what we're doing and what we like to do. We don't want to change it. And sound teaching and doctrine can alter our lifestyle. And it can change some of the things we're doing because it may not line up with what God would desire for us. Not enduring sound doctrine, some reasons for that may, it may cause someone to face their sin or disobedience. And that can be difficult. It also might conflict with the mainstream societal norms of the day. Well, if I, if I endure sound doctrine, if I endure uncorrupt teaching, if I endure the truth of the word of God, it may cause me to, to look odd and strange to the world around me. And it will, don't worry. It will. But that's okay. But, but that, those are some reasons perhaps for that. And Jesus is the light, the Bible tells us. And the scriptures, the Bible says, provides light. And it's certainly revealing to our hearts and lives. In John chapter 3, 19 and 20, it says, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. And many, many even today, don't want to endure sound doctrine because of some of these reasons. And they'll get very upset at you if you're presenting it in a kind way, in a loving way, and just because you care about them, they'll get very angry. We look at the time this morning. People will not endure sound doctrine this time. People will also be led by their lusts in this time. Now, we can see that around us. I mean, listen, we're sinful. We understand that. We're humans. Lust can lead us at times. But we see predominantly even today just what people want to do, what their flesh desires is what's leading them and what is becoming prominent in our country and people's lives and just in general. Lusts are the passions and desires within our flesh that want to do wrong. When you are led by the flesh, you'll seek out that which fulfills the flesh. You or I will live according to the flesh, certainly before we're born again through faith in Christ. That's all we had to live by was our flesh. What we thought was right, 
uh, what, what we led ourselves to do and that in our own minds and hearts we think are the best things to do and, and ultimately our, our desires, our wants, our flesh would lead us in those things. But after you're saved, we're not to live by our lusts, we're supposed to live by the Spirit of God. And we have the Spirit of God within us to guide us. But we're just looking at the time. Paul said, hey, the time will come when these things will happen. I, I'm saying to you, the time has come that we're seeing people will not endure sound doctrine. And we're seeing that lusts are leading in this time. Nothing's off limit when it comes to the lust of man. But we also, as we consider the lust, we read Titus 3, 5, which says, For we ourselves were sometimes foolish disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hating, hateful and hating one another. Just to kind of support what we're saying here is that before we're saved, that's how we live. We're serving our own lusts. Even if sometimes we do it in the name of helping someone else, often uh, there's our flesh involved there, our lust involved. So when you're led by our lust, you don't want the truth, specifically truth that opposes the direction of those lusts. Thirdly, as we look at the time, we see people will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears in this time. People will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Not enduring sound doctrine and being led by lust will naturally lead to finding those who will teach you what you want to hear and listening to those who agree with you whether it's right or wrong. You can kind of see the progression of it, really, if, if you're honest. If you will not endure sound, I don't want to hear that teaching. Leads to, I'm just going to live how I want, which leads to, I'm going to find those that can teach me and, and influence me in the way that I already want to go, whether it's right or wrong. And sadly, that does happen. And sadly, that's being seen. And there's many cults around. There's many false beliefs around. There's much false doctrine uh, in this world. And uh, even in our country, and, and many philosophies and ideas that, that are contrary to Scripture that many people follow, sadly, even some Christians. Because it sounds good, and we said Wednesday night, talking about the spirit of truth and error, is that there's enough truth to satisfy that biblical craving. But there's a lot of error. And uh, we've got to be careful with this. The itching ears part has to do with satisfying one's own wants. Heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Satisfying one's own wants. There's a desire to hear only what is pleasing and satisfying. Listen, I, I understand. I, I want to hear that which, which makes me feel good, don't you? You won't answer me on that, will you? You know where I'm going. <laughs> I want to hear that which makes me feel, that puffs me up, that says, hey, my life's fine. I don't need to change anything. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a great Christian, and I'm a great person, and, and I, I want to hear that too. But listen, sometimes we need to hear that we're not so great. Uh, sometimes we need to hear that we're, we're, we're sinning or we're in disobedience, and that needs to be changed. Uh, sometimes we need to hear that the way we're thinking is not the right mindset. And it challenges us to align our life with sound doctrine. Having itching ears, man, I, I just want to hear what's pleasing. It's like the issue God was having with his people in Isaiah 30, verse 9 and 10. He says, this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, listen to this, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Get you out of the way, 
turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. As many people today, I say, stop putting God before me. I stop preaching His Word. Stop telling me that Jesus is the only way. Stop telling me that it's important to know what the Bible says. They'd rather hear deceit and lies that's smooth and comfortable. Unfortunately, it's time we live in. This is the time that will come and I believe has come. There are certainly unbelievers like this, but there are also even believers living like this. The time will come. The time has come. We also see people will turn away their ears from the truth in this time. And this just follows the same line of thinking. People will turn away their ears from the truth in this time. Not enduring, not seek, uh, excuse me, not enduring sound doctrine, seeking an alternative, and ultimately turning their ears from what is true. We see that today as many don't acknowledge an absolute or legitimate truth. It's true as long as you believe it's true. It's true for you, but it's not true for me. No, the Bible gives us an absolute truth. It's true no matter what. It's true no matter where you live. It's true no matter what occupation you have. It's true no matter where you're at in your Christian life. It's true no matter what time frame you live in. It's, it's true. It's true. Today there's your truth and there's my truth and there's truth only depending on who believes it or not. But that's not the case. From the word of God, there's absolute truth from God. People will turn, turn their ears away from the truth in this time though. But also, people will be turned into fables in this time. Fables are tales, myths, fairy tales, make-believe. And many people today believe the strangest things. Strangest things. Many people believe things that take greater faith to believe them than just believing the Bible. Some despise the truth so much, listen, that they go to extremes not to believe by believing extreme things. Strange things. Sadly, we're living in that time today. They'd rather believe a lie than the truth. Say, man, it's a horrible time to live. I hope my time's short. Now, listen, there's some, there's some good news here. Hold on, don't get discouraged. But this, we got to be real about it, right? This is the, the time we're living in. And we see it even perhaps more prominently today in our country as people are supportive of things that are so contrary to, to truth, so contrary to the word of God, so contrary to common sense. We see it today, certainly, this kind of, Attitude, this, these kind of characteristics that they'll not endure sound doctrine, they'll, by their own lust, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, turning away from the truth, rather believing that which is not true and make-believe than the very truth they need. Denying sound doctrine, led by lusts, finding those that'll tell them what they want to hear. All signs of the time, this is the truth. Or excuse me, this is the time where the truth of salvation is misunderstood where the truth of marriage is redefined, where the truth of gender is ultimately confused, where the truth of life is subjective to whether or not it's really life, where common sense is not so common. This is the time. So what are we to do? Just give up, throw up our hands, say, well, I guess it's going where it's going, and let's just bunker down and hide out, and uh, hopefully we'll be in heaven soon and won't have to worry about it. No, no, there's also the task. There's the time, but there's also a task. Look at verse number 2 and verse number 
5. Now, I know it's the Apostle Paul, a preacher, a missionary, preaching this, and he's coming to the end of his life, and so he's kind of talking a little bit about what he's been through and how he's trying to end faithful and strong, and he's trying to impart some wisdom onto a, a younger preacher, pastoring, who needs to, uh, uh, to continue to run with the baton. And so he's trying to give him that instruction, but this is really instruction for all of us who desire to see a change in our time, to see God do something in our time, to see God's will be fulfilled in our time. This is for all of us. We all have this task. First of all, we must preach and teach the word. Verse number two, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, rebuke, excuse me, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. We must preach and teach the word. Uh, the word of God is the answer through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word of God will give the truth because it is the truth. The word of God, is, the Bible says, is, is alive, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it can pierce hearts and do work that we can't do with our own words. The word of God is just that, the word of God. Supernaturally inspired and supernaturally preserved all through the ages to us so that every generation has the word of God. Though it's tried to be banned and burned and destroyed, it stood the test of time. I'm thankful for the word of God. God's given it to us and we must give it out to others. We've got to keep lifting up the truth. You say, what if they tell you you can't preach or teach the truth? Well, I guess we better just keep preaching and teaching the truth. Well, what if the government says we can't give out the gospel? I guess we better just have some courage and some boldness along with compassion for the lost we're reaching and just give out the gospel. It's easy to say amen in a free country inside a church building, but it's different when you get outside the doors. Amen. But the truth, that's part of the task. Paul says to Timothy, hey, listen, the time's going to come. But he says, what you can do is preach the word. What you can do is be instant in season and out of season. You say, what's the conditions to give out the truth? Only if it's perfect, sunny, blessed conditions, you give out the truth. Amen? Is that it? Is that right? All right, give me a buzzer, someone. Only when it's easy for you, right? Because we like our comfort. Only when it's easy and comfortable. Then you can get out the truth. No, it says in season and out of season. That means when it's convenient and when it's not convenient. When it's comfortable and when it's not comfortable. When, you, when your flesh wants to and then your flesh doesn't want to. And mostly your flesh doesn't want to. Uh, when, you're, when you're feeling like, man, I, I can do this. And when you, you have little courage, it doesn't matter. Uh, if we're going to help affect the times that we live in, part of the task is to get the word out. We can't shrink back from that. Because the world needs the word. And when truth is being despised or rejected, we don't pull back the truth. We've got to step up with the truth. And the world needs the truth today. Many people are confused. Many people are just following along just whatever the latest craze is. Just following along with whatever the latest belief is. Perhaps some of them have never been confronted with the truth. And as we're sensitive to the Spirit of God and we have those opportunities... To share with them what the truth of God's word is. We've got to. 2 Timothy 3.16 says. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable 
profitable for doctrine. That sound doctrine we're talking about. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You say, we, we, have, we see the times we're living. It can be depressing. It ought to burden us of what we're facing. But don't forget, we have a task. We're not just to stop or throw our hands up and say we can't do anything. God's already given us what to do. First of all, preach and teach the word. Second of all, we must watch in all things. Tells us in verse number five, but watch thou in all things. Certainly it's wise to keep your eyes open and observe what is going on around us, especially in light of the scriptures. I know it's easy to kind of just ignore what's going on or just say, I don't want to see it. And to some degree, I understand that that mentality, but at the same time, in order to appropriate the task God's given us and the mission God's given us, we have to kind of be aware in light of scripture of what's happening today. It helps us to have the right perspective in life as we reach others and serve the Lord. It helps us not to get discouraged with the state of things, knowing that the Lord knows all about it and has a plan. We need to watch. In Matthew 26, 41, Jesus told his disciples, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh doesn't want to watch, but the spirit of God within us does. And we've got to yield ourselves more to the spirit than the flesh. And allow him to have that control and that leadership in our lives. And he'll make us aware of things. He'll help us to be sensitive to what's going on, but also God's plan in it. We, we won't always know what God's going to do, but we can see in the scriptures where it's going. And we can get his leading along the way. Also, we must endure afflictions. Verse number five, but watch thou in all things endure afflictions. If the truth is being disregarded and you stand for it and I stand for it and we spread the truth and we hold the line of truth, whether we do it lovingly or not, of course, we ought to do it with love, speak the truth in love. But even doing it lovingly and being kind and being a good neighbor and, 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 and just uh, uh, helping others just because you stand for the truth will bring opposition. Some will be natural, afflictions rather, others will be man-made. We have an enemy and living for Jesus and his truth is not a playground, it's a battleground. But you and I can endure. Amen, aren't you glad we can endure? God will give us the grace and strength to just continue through and not let it affect us like it could. It's hard when you, we try to help other people and you want them to know the truth that you know is the truth from God and they reject it. Or worse yet, they persecute you for it. God help us endure. He'll help us endure afflictions. 2 Timothy 2.3 reminds us, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. These are the times for Christian soldiers. Amen? Not fighting with physical weapons, but spiritual weapons. Uh, seeking the commander, our Lord Jesus Christ, our captain, to guide us and lead us through these troubled times. We must endure afflictions, but also notice we must evangelize. Paul tells Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. In other words, get the gospel out. People need the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to be born again by the Spirit of God. That's their only hope. He's their only hope for salvation. He's their only hope for understanding truth. He's their only hope for purpose and clarity in life. And it's our job, every Christian's job, to get the gospel out. Certainly, preachers and missionaries and pastors have that as an important part of their responsibility. But all of us have a responsibility in our area of life. 
you will come in contact with some people I won't, and vice versa. God will bring someone across your path for a purpose. And we've got to take that opportunity by his spirit to be that witness for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us about being ambassadors. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. We have a task. We have a task. We must preach and teach the word. We must watch in all things. We must endure afflictions. We must evangelize. People must know Jesus Christ. And by the way, Jesus Christ is God, the Son, and the Son of God. He came 2,000 years ago, and he ended up dying on a cross to bear your sin and my sin. He was our substitute on the cross. He paid the price only a perfect, spotless Lamb of God could pay. He paid the price on the cross. He took our sin upon him. He became sin for us. He was put in the tomb, and three days later, he rose from the dead. Proving he is God, proving he has the power to save. And all of those that would put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation shall have everlasting life in Christ alone. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ alone? If you died today, are you 100% sure that you go to heaven? Not I hope so. Not, not, not I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, not I know the Bible. But you put your faith in Christ alone to forgive you of sin and to give you everlasting life. I hope you have. If you have, you got to get that message out. If Christ did it for you, he'll do it for someone else. Next, we must continue serving. Notice he says in verse number 5, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. In other words, keep serving, Timothy. Uh, keep serving, Christian. Uh, finish strong, Christian. Uh, use your gifts to serve others. And to get this truth out, don't quit, don't give up, make full proof of your ministry. Every believer has unique gifts that should be used to serve God and others. Ultimately tying into the greater mission of reaching people with the gospel and teaching them to follow Jesus. Regardless of how this world changes or what our country does or the threats or hindrances before us, Christians must continue serving until the Lord brings us home. There's always going to be a way you can serve. There's always going to be an avenue for getting the truth out if we let God use us and, us and all that we have for him. There's work to do until, like Jesus says, it's night and no one can work. And as long as we have the day, we must keep serving. Colossians 3.24 tells us, Knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. If you just keep in mind you're serving Jesus, That'll help stop a lot of discouragements and growing weary and wanting to give up and a lot of hindrances in your life. If you're serving someone, you're going to get discouraged. And you may, you may want to quit. But if you remember, I'm serving Jesus. He'll keep you strong, keep you going. We can see that we have certainly tasks in this life in the midst of this time. We are not left to be disheartened. We're not left to just give up. We are left to press forward in zeal with the mission we have. There's a greater opportunity in this time, I believe, than ever before. And we're here for such a time as this. So listen, let, let's, not, let's not kind of get down in the mouth and say, man, why did God have me live in this time frame? The country's going here and, and this is happening in this world and it's a horrible time. Listen, God knew this would happen. And God has you here still for a purpose. 
So I, I would rather see it. Well, God must see that I can contribute something to this. God must see and know that you or I have gifts and abilities where we can make a difference in our time frame. I believe that's the truth. And sometimes it's just a switch of perspective. I'm here for a reason. So let's give it all we've got until he takes us home. You might say, it's just not so easy. It's a challenging task. You're right. Which brings me to the last point this morning. And that's the triumph. The triumph. Go to the end of the chapter, verse 22. I like how Paul closes this out. After he gives them this instruction and gives them this charge and say, hey, I'm... I'm going home, I've run my race, I've finished my course, and listen, preach the word, do the work of the evangelist, watching all things, uh, continue on, let's make full proof of your ministry, uh, don't give up, it'll be difficult, and the time won't be easy, uh, but God can have the victory, and he says at the end, in verse 22, the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit, grace be with you, amen. The triumph, praise God, we have some encouragement to help us triumph in this time. See, what is that? Just real simply and quickly this morning, Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. I think of Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when Jesus gives the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's marked by the same emphasis in Matthew 28. And Jesus says at the end of it, he says, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Right? He said, hey, I've got this big task for you. Reach the world with the gospel. Reach the world. Reach your area, but also reach everywhere with the gospel. And then he reminds them, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm thankful he's with us. Uh, by his spirit, he lives within us. And he helps us day by day. And he strengthens us when we need it. And what a blessing to know that he lives within each one of us. By his spirit, which guides and comforts and empowers and teaches us. He didn't leave us alone. He's given us his presence. Of course, he's given us his word as well. But that extra comfort to know that he's with us makes all the difference. I think in the Old Testament, like with Joshua and others, when God gave them a big task, he reminds them, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. So in this time, we have some tasks. Uh, we, we, we've got something to do that God wants us to do to, to help make an impact in this time. But he's also given us the, 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 his presence and his power to be able to accomplish it. Jesus is with us, but also we notice God's grace is available. Paul says, grace be with you. Amen. And Paul refers to God's grace quite a bit. And we know it's for by grace are you saved through faith. But also as a Christian, we have access to God's grace on a regular basis. And when I think of God's grace, and you may think of unmerited favor or getting what we don't deserve, and those are all good definitions. When I think of grace, I think of God giving us what we don't have, but what God can provide. It's giving us extra strength and help in time of need. God's grace is that boost we can't find anywhere else to keep going. God's grace is that push from the hand of God to help us to move forward with what he wants us to do, even though maybe we're physically or mentally, emotionally, or spiritually exhausted. God's grace says, hey, keep going. Like Elijah, I just wanted to sit under a tree and die. And God said, no, no, that's not going to happen. We've, we've got a task for you. Get up. Let me give you something to, to nourish you and get you going again. And then God's grace comes into our lives but when we need it and when we think, well, is that making a difference? Is serving that person doing anything? Is giving out the word helping anybody? Is sharing the gospel accomplishing anything? God gives us that grace to say, hey, keep on going. 
and he gives us the extra strength to fulfill and to make full proof of that serving, of that ministry. We don't deserve God's grace, and we can't find it in ourselves. It's what we don't deserve, but it's also what we don't have to be able to give or do. God's grace is surely amazing and is needed in this time. Don't forget, Jesus is with you. God's presence is with you. His spirit lives within you. So as you go through this time, you're not alone, but also you have something amazing available to you, and that's God's grace to help in time of need. Anytime you can go to the throne of grace and call out to God for what you need, and he'll give you that grace. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 tells us, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. In other words, God's grace will be there to give you and help you to even abound in anything God wants you to do. The Apostle Paul knew about having Jesus and his grace with him in difficult times. Look real quick at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Go back a little bit. Paul says this, and he gives a little testimony. He said, at my first answer, no man stood with me. Just everybody, le- everybody left him. They didn't like where he was headed, which is jail. They didn't like the opposition and persecution that he brought. So he said, hey, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that I might not be laid to their charge. Verse number 17, look what he said. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. That's the presence of the Lord with him. And then he goes on to talk about what I would say is God's grace. It says, and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. We see Paul giving a testimony of these resources that we all have access to. You see, the time has come. It is here. And truly many are rejecting or turning from the truth under easier, smoother, more self-gratifying error. God's truth still stands, though, and can accomplish all that the Lord desires. And he wants to use you. And he wants to use me. Listen, we're, like we talked about, I think, last week, we're just earthen vessels just carrying this treasure. We know there's nothing special about us. We know we're weak, we're frail. We're not what we ought to be. But when we're filled with God, we can do what he wants us to do with great power and with his authority. He will use us to preach, to teach, to spread his word, to serve others. We will need to watch and endure afflictions. We must evangelize and continue serving in the will of God until he comes or until we go home to heaven. 